we're about as a church is nations. We want to reach nations. We want to be a church that comprises different cultures and different nations. And to all our foreigners, you're so welcome here, all right? This is really actually the fulfillment. The fact that we're sitting in this building today and we have all these other nations with us this morning is actually a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. You know, whenever you look through the Psalms and through all the prophets in the Old Testament, what you'll see is this phrase, all nations, coming up all the time. You know, it's, it's, it's strange that the, the Jewish community at the time that Jesus came actually missed this. You know, like John the Baptist was, you know, baptizing everyone and Jesus came to be baptized and he declared as he saw Jesus coming, he said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the... And they all thought, the Jews. But it was the world. All right, the whole world. So you go look through all the Psalms. Psalm 2 says, ask of me and I'll make the nations your inheritance. The ends of the earth your possession. In Isaiah chapter 2, it talks about the, the mountain of the house of the Lord. And one day it will be established as the highest of the mountains. Talking about the church and the significance of the church and the place the church will play in society. One day the church will be established as the highest of the mountains and all nations will flow to it. All the nations will flow. And so those were prophecies that were spoken of hundreds of years ago. And look at us today. Here we are and all nations are coming to Jesus Christ. So we're sitting in the fulfillment of prophecy, people. I mean, this, so if you were to rewind the clock and put yourself in those days, they, they couldn't really imagine that. They couldn't really imagine a, a, a place where we would all come together with so many different cultures, so many different ethnicities, and we would all be worshiping the same God. They couldn't even get their minds around that, but that's what Jesus came to do. You know, when Satan came to tempt Jesus in the wilderness, the thing that he tempted him with was what? The nations. He said, I will give you all of these kingdoms, all of these nations, if you bow down and worship me. Now, remember, Satan doesn't tempt us with things that aren't tempting. <laughs> he never comes to you with something that you don't really want. Okay? He came to Jesus with the very thing that Jesus wanted. I want you to know this morning that God desires nations. He desires the nations. When Satan came and, said, and showed him somehow, I don't know what, with like a data hit, data projector, you know, and, and he said, Jesus, you know, you know, flip through all the nations. I don't know what he did, but he showed Jesus all the nations and all the glory of the nations. He said, I'll give you these if you bow down and worship. Let me tell you, when Jesus looked at the nations and he saw not only the Jews, but he saw all the kingdoms of the earth. That's what he came for. Satan knew that's what he was after. And so Satan always does, he, he, he offers us the thing that God actually has for our lives, but in the way that God doesn't want us to have it. All right? So he offers it in a, in a way, and, and Jesus rejects that way and says, no, I'm going to do it my father's way and go to the cross instead. It was a lot easier just to submit in that moment and get what he wanted, but he obeyed the Father and went through the cross to get. When he died on that cross, the Bible says this, that he purchased with his blood the nations of the world. 
Every person, every time. When we fast forward through the prophecy, through the time of Christ, to the book of the Revelation, when we see the culmination of the ages, the, when Jesus has come back already, what we see is every tribe, every tongue, standing before the throne of God, worshiping every tribe, every tongue, every language, worshiping God. So it would be like this this morning, but like with every. So how many nations? I think we had about 10, maybe 10 nations here this morning. Every nation, every time, even the ones that maybe aren't spoken anymore, like Greek. <laughs> yeah, some of those, 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 those kingdoms that have expired over time, those languages that we no longer speak anymore, Latin or whatever, they, we will hear that. When we get to heaven, if they were saved, right? We'll, we'll hear Latin going. We'll hear everything going. <laughs> um, so this is really, I want you to get this this morning. This is the desire of God. He looks at nations. He wants nations. He desires nations. His heart beats for nations. When he, said, when he talks about his, his church, he wants it to be a church that looks like a house of prayer for all nations. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Everyone was welcome at that time. At that time, people were coming from everywhere to worship at the temple. Uh, Jews from different nations would come to, to worship at the temple. But the, what was happening was the money changers had set up like these tables. They were basically like foreign exchanges, right? You know, kind of like when you arrive at an airport, you know, the first thing you see is all these foreign exchanges, okay? So they set up all these foreign exchanges in the temple. And what they were doing was they were making money off the foreigners, the foreigners would arrive with their currency and then they would have to cash it in and, and buy, you know, the, the, the current, the other currency and they would have to pay for that. And God was like, you know what, this is, you can't make money off this process. I, I, and he, and he kicked those tables over and he made a whip people <laughs> and he beat those money changers out of that temple, chased them out. They talk about the anger of the Lord kindled. Why so much anger? Why so much wrath? I mean, picture Jesus, meek and mild, kicking over tables, whipping people, chasing them out the door. Can you just imagine that for a moment? Why? He's hot for nations. You touch the nations, you touch his heart. When we're a church that prays for nations, we touch the heart of God. We tap into the heart of God. When we care about the nations enough to say, we're going to go to nations, listen, we step into the heart of God. We step into the favor of God. We step into the, the place where he's like, you like me. You, I, I see me and you, you like me, let's come. I'm with you. I don't know about you, but I want that. I want that. I want to be about our dad's business, Yeah. He loves nations. His heart beats with righteous anger for the nations. He weeps over nations. I mean, if you just go look at the word and do a Google search and say all nations and go see how many scriptures come up. Go see. Just do that as an exercise and you'll catch just a glimpse of his heart for nations. Have you got a Bible? There's a scripture I want to go to this morning. It's Luke 14. Can you just go there this morning? Luke 14. And this is the scripture that really has been in my heart for just a couple of weeks now. And I feel like there's something on it and in it. And I feel like God's even been talking to me about 
2019 in the scripture. And um, I'm still praying about it, but I'm, but I'm feeling 2019 here. Okay, so this, so just, we're going to get there, all right? But, but, but I want you to be attentive to what's happening in the scripture. He said to them, verse 16, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant, say his servant, at supper time to say that to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a piece of ground and I must go see to it. I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. <laughs> we feel him on this one, hey? The oxen and the land, but the married men are like, you know, we, we're feeling this one. <laughs> So that servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of the house, being angry, anger again, okay, angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, master, it's done as you commanded. And still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, go, can we read this together? Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Can we read it again? Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. That my house may be filled. What is this, inv- this, this invitation, this, this banquet that he's talking about here? Obviously, we know the master of the banquet is, is God, okay? Uh, it's Jesus, all right? And there's an invitation that's going out, inviting people to a banquet or a supper. And uh, what is that supper? It's, it's quite simply a relationship with him. Whenever the Bible talks about, you know, I'll, I stand at the door of your heart and knock, and whoever opens with you, I'll come in and sup with him. So the, it's always talking about relationship, okay? So when he says that he prepares this, this banquet or the supper, what he's talking about is I've prepared a relationship with you. I've prepared an opportunity for you to come and be with me and you to know me and me to know you. I've called you into a relationship with me. This last week at, at Advanced Leadership School, Ayanda was, was talking about how he came to the Lord. And one thing he said was, was that, you know, after looking at all other religions and being exposed to, you know, Islam and many other things, what caught him in Christianity was this thing called relationship. That God that God wants to know me and I can know God. 
and every other faith, it's this master-servant relationship. It's this kind of, you know, distant, removed kind of entity that we kind of manipulate with the good deeds that we can do or not do. And if they, we do them, then, then things go right for us. But if we don't do them, then things can go bad for us. Whereas in Christianity, what's been prepared for us is intimacy with God. It's that God wants not just a relationship with us, but a union with us. He even calls it, it's like a marriage relationship where we can hear him and, and, and we can be heard by him. And so he prepares it, talking about, about how he prepared it through Jesus. All right, Jesus was the, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. God had prepared a relationship with us even before sin came into the mix. And then he prepared it through the Old Testament rites and rituals. He prepares this relationship for us. And then it's fulfilled when Christ goes to the cross that we can then know God and God can know us and God can be in us and we can be in God. It's this incredible union with him and it lasts for eternity. It's the, it, to know him is to have life. It's to have eternal life. So we reduce this invitation, this banquet, when we just say it's eternal life. What is eternal life? Eternal life is to know him, John says. Eternal life is to, to have Him in your heart. You have Him, you have eternal life. The supper, the banquet, the amazing thing that we're invited to is to follow Him and be in relationship with Him. But get this, it's an invitation. And you know, invitations come, yeah? And just because you get an invitation doesn't mean you're gonna, that you're going to go. Uh-huh. You have to respond to the invitation. You have to RSVP and say, I am in this invitation. There's a whole bunch of guys here in this passage that didn't RSVP. And so the master had to send a servant to say, where where are you? Are you coming or aren't you coming? This is like another ask now. This is another, another beckoning that's coming. And they all start to make excuses that they can't really get there. Because why? Life. They're busy, man. I just bought land. And that can be a busy thing. And you can put some more oxen. Maybe that's, I don't know what that is. That's maybe I bought a car, you know, and I need to try it out. Or, you know, I'm, I've got to get home. Or I've got to do this. Or, you know, it's interesting when we, when we go on the streets and we share the gospel with people, how many excuses come <laughs> when you say to them, would you like to receive this right now? Would you like Jesus in your heart right now? Would you like everything that we're telling you about right now? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I, I, I know I, you know, I know I need to. I know my mom will be happy if I do. But I'll think about it. <laughs> i think about it. An excuse. It's amazing how many excuses. Why do we make excuses like this? Because we're so invested in the temporary that we're missing the eternal. So invested here that we're missing something so big that's happening. I thank God for the Bible and all the men and women who wrote it and were, you know, allowed the Spirit to pour through them. And they wrote into things that only you and I are even understanding today, that they never even got to understand. But they looked to the eternal. They looked to God to frame the context of their lives. And they lived their lives by faith in Him. And their lives, therefore, carry eternal significance and not just temporary significance. 
So all the saints that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11, what we see are men and women who gave themselves to the thing of God and they gained not only a significant life now on earth, but an eternal remembrance. An eternal remembrance. We're still talking about David today, people. You know, we're still talking about Gideon and Noah. We're talking about these guys today. We're still talking about them in heaven. How many people in those generations are forgotten? Forgotten. You know, so, so this, is the, this is the challenge. Jesus said this. He said, if you aim for this life, you're going to lose that one. Rather aim to lose this life for my sake, and you will get that one. <laughs> and let me tell you something. We don't want to miss that one. One amen. Can I hear another one? Amen. A little bit louder. Amen. I don't want any of you here this morning to miss that one. If the invitation has come to you and you're putting it off and you've been putting it off and you've been putting it off, let me say today is the day of salvation. Respond to that invitation. Respond. Listen, you might lose a few things, a few jackets. <laughs> what you gain, what you gain. You know, it's, it's so, it's so full. I don't know what it is about us that we hold on to this life and we invest everything and we become so busy with it and so burdened by it. And it's like we're holding on. We're, it's like trying to hold on to sand. It just, the more you squeeze it, the more it just pours through you. You can't, and you have to grab more. You have to grab more. You have to grab more. You, can, you never hold it until you breathe your last. You never held it. And it's so sad if you get to that phase at the end of your life and you realize all you've invested in is this life. My wife has, has led people to the Lord who are on their deathbed. And they're so scared about the eternal life. Why? Because they haven't invested anything in it. They've got no inheritance. They've got no, they, haven't, they don't know about it. All they know is this. And so they, they hold on with everything they can. They don't want to die. Be, but let's, guess what? It, our life goes. We're like a vapor, the Bible says. You know, we're, like, we're jars of clay. We're fragile here. We have to invest in the eternal life. Hey, I'm going down a road here, hey? Listen, if you have not made that decision today, you need to make that decision. Maybe God is calling on your heart now, this morning. I want to encourage you right now in your heart, respond. Say, Lord, I'm not invested here. I'm not going to be just about here. I'm going to be about there. Amen? Amen. So then, let's just see what else happens in the story. We see people making excuses. Can I just say, let's not be a church that makes excuses. Let's not. We know that he wants what? A full house. (laughs) We know that he wants the nations. People, that's going to take something from us. It's going to take sacrifice. That's going to take commitment. That's going to take calling. That's going to take prayer. That's going to take giving. That's going to take something from us. Or we can make our excuse. Let's not be a church that makes excuses. Oh, Lord, we wanted to help you with the whole nations project. And, you know, we just, uh, I, I got married. And then, you know, that we had to get the house. And then we, because of the other, and then the, you know, and really, <laughs> really, will anything hold weight? Will anything be more important than the work of the Lord? Will it be? No, it won't be. So we must be about our Father's business. 
We must give ourselves to this thing. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So what actually happens here? He then, look at, look at, this is almost bordering desperation. And again, I want you to see the heart of the Father this morning. He's like, these people are not responding to me, so go to the blind and the lame and the maimed. Go find those people and bring them in. Now, for the Jewish listeners who were hearing this parable that Jesus was telling, this was shocking. Why? Because the blind, the poor, the lame, the maimed were the outcasts of society. They were the, the forgottens, the untouchables, kind of like the, the caste system. They had something similar in those days. They were, you, if you had leprosy or you were blind or you were poor, it's because you cursed. You know, it's, and so they were ousted to society. They, were, they didn't live in a, in a society that was compassionate, that embraced that. And let me tell you something, never in the world have we ever embraced the, the people that are different to us, apart from when Christ has come into people's hearts. <laughs> Throughout history, the only reason why we embrace all right, people that are different to us or not as fortunate as us is because Christians started the trend. <laughs> all right? Human rights wouldn't exist without Christ. I just want you to know that. Go study history. Anyway, back to the story. So this was shocking to the audience. And what is God saying here? It's, what he's saying is that I will take anyone. My do- you, you might reject, the pe- even the people that you reject. Now, I just want you to have a moment of truth this morning, okay? Have a little moment this morning. Is there a culture or nation around the world that you might kind of go, hmm, I'm not really, I think, thank you, Lord, I'm not called there. You don't have to say it, or please don't say it, okay? <laughs> please don't say it. But we all got that thing. We all got that thing, all right? There's no one here in this room who's just got this, like, oh, all people and all cultures and all languages. and Even those people that we least like and despise, they're welcome. The ones that we might even have racist thoughts towards, God's like, I don't have those thoughts towards them. They're welcome in my house. So nobody is excluded from this invitation. There's no like people group or race or ethnicity on this planet that God goes, hmm, um, I'd rather have these. The invitation is, for even the people that you think are least, that, that God probably doesn't even like these people. <laughs> He's trying to tell you that he loves them, even those people. And then there was still space for more. Will we ever fill this house? No. <laughs> Will we ever fill it? Still space for more. So then what does he say to the servant? Go out and compel people. That word compel in the Greek means this. Watch. Drag somebody. <laughs> Drag them. Thank you, Mac. That was perfect. I needed, he was flowing with me this morning. He's just weaker than me, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, compel means, it literally means drag. In other words, go to whoever you can and do whatever. 
Can you say whatever? Whatever. Whatever you can to get them into the house. How many of you got dragged into church? Come on, be honest. Somebody dragged you in. There are a few hands this morning. You all just, you're lying. <laughs> I got dragged. Who got dragged to church by your parents? Ah, ah, no, he's, no, it's okay, okay. <laughs> Remember those Sunday mornings? Oh, mom, do your hair, brush your teeth, put your nice shoes on, let's go. You were dragged. And now you're glad you were, amen? Amen. Drag them in. Compel them to come in. Guys, this is borderline desperation. I mean, I don't know if you've ever thrown a party and like, and like nobody's shown up and then you went and did this. You would kind of just be like, you know what, it's, it's fine. It's fine. We'll just keep it small. We'll keep it tight. You know, save the pride. You know, yeah. But would you do that? See the heart of God this morning, people. Lord, I pray. I pray right now on that. Please, Jesus, help us to see your heart for nations. And Lord, what breaks your heart for nations, let it break our hearts this morning as well. Amen. Amen. Compel them to come in. So that, why? So that, why? So that my house will be full. He loves a full house. There was this moment when we were missioning on the Westville campus, and we were, by all accounts, we were compelling students into church. (laughs) Uh, I was accused of, of throwing people into church. And then when they were in church, I was accused of throwing them into leadership. And this is my biblical theological foundation for, <laughs> for what I was doing. Will there be food? Yeah. <laughs> is there music? Yeah, there'll be music. We've got a hi-fi. We'll, we'll put the hi-fi. <laughs> well, you, what else do you need? Transport? We'll, transport, we'll do it. We'll do it. What, do you, what else do you need? I don't have anything to wear. It's fine. I'll, I'll give you clothes. My wife will give you clothes. <laughs> Literally, like, what, what other excuse have you got? I'll meet that, because that's what drag means. It's like, I'll take care of all those excuses to get you in there. Have we done that? Have we done that? Are, are we doing that? Are we really, like, wanting God's house to be full? When was the last, what was the last person you dragged to church? Texting them on Monday, emailing them, did you get it? Are you coming? Oh, your car's broken down. I'll fetch you. I'll Uber you. You've got an event after church, no problem. I'll, 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 I'll help you get there as well. What, what, what else do you need? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you there. There was this moment when we, we, would, we were all about that. And I saw, um, ah, it's an awesome moment. I saw this group that I was trying to reach to. Um, go to church and and they got on a bus to go and I'd been laboring hard with them and I just they were indifferent and suspicious and who's this like you know white guy and what's he about and really anyway after much compelling got on the bus and they and they and they went and 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 then I saw them on the bus and they turned and they saw me, and they had this massive smile on their face, like they were enjoying the ride, you know? And when I saw that smile, my heart broke. Like, and it wasn't my heart, it was God's heart. I wept 
like a baby. I literally just began crying. I'm like, what happened? What was that about? You know, I'm just like, <laughs> what is that? What is that? <laughs> you know, that was God's heart. That wasn't me. That was God's heart because he liked to see a full bus. And he liked to see people enjoying his house. And he likes his house full. And he likes everyone here. And he likes everyone happy and involved and partaking. And no, no more space because everything's full. No, no meal being dished out to a chair that there could be someone there. And now it's just it's a meal that didn't get served. And what do we do with the meal, you know? That's, his heart is like that, people. That's our dad in heaven. So we see so much in this passage. We see God's incredible heart for people to come in. We see the danger of being too invested in this world, too busy with our own stuff that we're missing his stuff. But there's someone in this passage that maybe we often miss that I want you to see this morning. Who do you think it is? It's the servant. Yeah. Can you see the servant's doing a lot of work here? <laughs> Go check on the invitations. Checking on the invitation. Hey, are you, you know, are you, you got, you got yours, you come in, you come in, you come in. There's, there's work there. Then, no, okay, now you want me to go to people that I don't really normally associate with or go to. Okay. And then I, and I actually was able to bring. And then it's like, now go and compel people. What? <laughs> drag them. Sorry. Let me just put it in your language so you can drag them in here. Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> I'm going to go and drag some people in. <laughs> you know, this servant is often like the missed person here in this passage. But this is, this, this is really, I feel like for us this morning, the person I want to highlight. Because I think this person, this parable really sets the tone for the New Testament. Okay? This is a prophetic parable that Jesus is telling us. What do, you, what do I mean by that? Well, this actually happened. So Jesus came to give an invitation to the Jewish people, and they rejected his invitation. So then he said these words to his disciples. Avi, if you wouldn't mind putting up, he said these words. Go into all the world and preach the good... Let's read it together. Come on, come on, come on. Oh! Let's stand to our feet and read that. Come on. I don't want you to nod off this morning, Okay. Let's stand to our feet and let's go. Three, two, one, go! Into... Go make disciples of all nations. Teach them to obey all commanded you. Be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Okay, you can take your seats. Thank you. So this is a master talking to his servants after there's been a rejection of an invitation. And what was the result of these servants? They went and did that. So this parable that Jesus was telling was actually a prophetic parable of what was about to happen. That all the rejected, all those that the, the, the nation of Israel called rejected, those that were despised, the forgotten, the Gentile, all of those nations, God was saying, they're all in. <laughs> and the invitation is going to go all out. And these servants went out and did that. 
And so this parable that we're looking at, it's a prophetic parable of what actually was about to happen at the time of Jesus, but it's also a parable that sets the tone for you and I today. It sets, when when I say tone, do you know what I mean? I'm talking about the mood, the modus operandi, the attitude, the culture, I'm talking about all of those. This, this parable that we read is setting, it's telling us how we need to be. It's telling us about how we need to move and how we need to be motivated and our, our disposition towards the world. This is how we need to be as a church. Is we've got to be just like that servant in the parable who was going out everywhere. All right, getting everybody that they could. That is not just for those amongst us who are that way inclined. (laughs) But for the whole church of all ages. That we should all be like that. God, make us like that. Make us like this servant. Make us have a heart like that. Amen? 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 Amen. Amen. So this is our command to all of This is what we need to do. And how do we obey this command to go into all the world? I mean, going to our neighbors and our colleagues and, you know, it's, it's our family members, it's, it's hard enough, isn't it? How are we meant to go to the ends of the earth? I mean, look at that. To all nations, to, to the ends of the earth. How are you going to obey that this morning? Well, you... Typically, what we, the church does, we read that and we go, hmm, I'll reach my colleagues because they're kind of like foreigners. They're from Lesotho. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and kind of like I've, I have some, some nations living around me. Oh, but the ends of the earth, I'm sure somebody, I'm sure somebody like, yeah, is going to do that Hey. There's always someone like that in the church who cares about that sort of thing. Somebody here will do that, and then I'll be kind of remotely a part of it as well. Not, you know, kind of but like by association. So the Lord says, when, you know, did you fulfill the command of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth? He's like, Lord, I knew Chloe. She was keen on China, you know. And uh, so I was with her, you know, and I encouraged her, and I prayed for her. And so we were like... You know what they say about somebody? Can I tell you? There was an important job to be done, and everybody was hoping that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought that anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody, and nobody when nobody did what anybody could have done. (laughs) So we can't sit here and go, somebody will do this. This is is my responsibility. I've got to be like this servant. Amen? 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 Amen. Yeah, I can see you excited about that. <laughs> so how do we do it? As, as a spiritual family that meets around the world, we have been thinking about this for a while. So we have a little mantra. It's written on our fellowship wall, and it goes like this. 
pray, give, and go. Can you say those three? Pray, pray give, give, go. This is a way that every single one of us can be involved in taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. We can pray for nations, which is what we're going to do now, all right? We can give to people going to nations, and thereby we're partnering with them, okay? Because some of us are the bucks earners, amen? All right? And the bucks earners need to then partner and make sure that this is happening, all right? So there's many, we need to, we need to, the goers, but we also need the senders as well, all right? How can they go unless they are sent, Romans 10 says, all right? So, so we have to have people that will go, but we need to give first, and we need to pray before that. Listen, this mandate to reach the world requires praying. <laughs> it requires giving, and it requires somebody to go at the end of the day. And then the job will be done. It's really that simple, actually. All right? I'm not trying to oversimplify it, but it really, that's how we can all play a part in taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. So we reach up in prayer, and we reach in to what we have so that we can reach out to go to the nations. Isn't that cool? Reach disciple impact. So that's really our mantra for reaching nations and how every one of us can obey the command. I want to give you a little global update this morning. Take a look at this. All right. As a, as a church, A.V., if you wouldn't mind. Okay, sorry about the picture. All right, we now have churches in 78 nations of the world. Yes, come on. With 118 nations still to be reached. <laughs> so we're not yet halfway. Okay. So this, these are kind of showing you where we, where we have nations, around, um, where we have churches in different nations around the world. And part of our vision is we want a church in every nation around the world. So you can see there's a lot of North Africa that we need to still get to. Amen. Um, but can I show you some exciting news? Check this out. Check this out. This, oh, okay, wait, this is our global footprint. So we have 78 nations and counting. We have uh, about 400 churches in America, 19 South America, 21 Europe, 400 in Asia and Australasia, about 90 in Africa, and 25 in the Middle East. Yes, come on. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Um, 25 churches in the Middle East. That's incredible. Let's go to the next slide. Now, in the next 18 months... We are planning on planting churches in these nations. Some of them have already actually happened, all right? They're, they're people on the ground making that happen. And I want to introduce you to this morning to some of these people, okay? I have some videos and I have some PowerPoints from them. I was in touch with them over the last two weeks. And these are guys who have gone to a foreign nation. They're the goers, all right? There's been a lot of prayer, there's been a lot of giving, and now they actually have their feet on foreign land, and they're doing the work of the Lord, compelling people to come in. Isn't that exciting? So I want to introduce you to these guys, and then we're going to do something powerful this morning. We're going to pray for them, all right? Because we can all pray, okay? So um, if you wouldn't mind just going to the next slide. All right, so first up is Mauritius. Woo! Okay, so... How many of you want to go on mission to Mauritius? Hallelujah! Receive! <laughs> so, um, 
to give you an idea, this is Roshni, and Roshni was one of our campus pastors at UCT, Cape Town. She got saved. She comes from a Hindu background. She came to UCT to study from Mauritius. She got radically touched by the gospel at our campus church, right? That's why we're on campuses. She then decided to give herself to the work of the Lord as a woman, all right? Raised the partnership team, went through all our schools and everything. Now she's back in her home nation, and this is some of the stuff that she's doing, okay? So she has a community connect group up and running. Um, Trish and I actually went to that house. We were in the, you remember those curtains, darling? <laughs> so we were actually there for that connect group, all right? Then we, they've got um, connect group at, at a university happening. So, and then they've got, we're going fast here today, okay? This is, <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, that's Roshni on the right-hand side in the floral dress, okay, um, next to the lady in green. That's Roshni over there. And you can see they've got the God test. They've been doing a lot of outreaches on the campus. They've got connect groups happening with the students there. This is one woman, one woman going out for God. We had a, a woman from this church who went to... Muffa King and started a church on a campus with a whole lot of students and then that church planted a community church. One woman who just said, you know what, let me serve the Lord. Yeah. Let me just be the servant that I see who actually has a full-time career yeah. in an, as a quantity surveyor. <laughs> Yet has planted two churches, a campus church and a community church. Girls, be empowered this morning. Be empowered, okay? Be radical for Jesus. Go all out. Amen? And, and men, we're, we're there too. Amen? Amen. Can I have a men or men? <laughs> they have Sunday gatherings taking place there, and she's asked for these prayer points this morning. Which can we go to the prayer points? Okay. So they want new leaders. They need new leaders on the campus and the community. They need breakthrough on the University of Mauritius. Just been a lot of things blocking them, and we need to pray for breakthrough. We need. They need a venue for their weekly services, and we know God does that. Um, Protection over the core team and families. I want you to know that this, there's a lot of persecution. This is a, an island of incredible Hindu worship. Okay, this is like a sacred place for Hindu worship, like seriously sacred. So, so this is not like exactly easy ground. Okay. So, and then uh, they need a new connect in the north of the island. They're even thinking now stretching out to the north of the island. So. What I want us to do this morning is I want us to get into groups of three, quickly. Let's go. You've got to move fast. Groups of three, people you don't know, preferably. Come on. You're going to work this morning, I told you. <clears throat> groups of three, come on everyone, you've got to move faster. I'm going to give you three seconds. Three, two. All right, are we all in groups of three? Wonderful. Okay, now the way I want you to pray this morning is like this. Listen up, listen up, listen up. I know you, you with people you don't know, that's cool, okay? I want you to pray like this. I want each person to have a turn to pray. Now, if you're scared of praying this morning, stop it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking, okay? Listen, pray from your heart. 
And if it's short and it doesn't sound like the other people around you, you're not trying to impress them this morning. All right, you're talking to your God in heaven. So just pray from your heart this morning, okay? And we're going to do short prayers, but I want each person to have a turn to pray. And while one person is praying, I'd like the others to listen to the prayer and agree with it. The Bible says there's power when two or more agree. So you've got two or more, all right? And you're agreeing this morning. So let's divide up the prayer points quickly and and let's pray for those prayer needs. If you could keep those Mauritius prayer points, AV, up. So now you know we're going to Canada next, all right? So we're in Mauritius, amen? Can you, can, you, can you feel Mauritius under your feet right now? Let's lift up Roshni in the church, let's go. I'm going to give you a couple minutes, let's go. Let's pray. Go to work, come on. Let's labor in prayer. Okay, I'm going to ask you to start wrapping up. We've got to get in the plane and fly to Canada. All right, a couple more seconds. Let's go to Canada. All right, let me introduce you to the Moodleys this morning. They're a couple from our church in Johannesburg. Not a couple, they're a family, actually, with um, a whole bunch of kids. We also have some Moodley, another Moodley family here this morning. All right, but... Here are the Moodleys from Joburg. They felt the call of God to Canada, and they've touched ground. They were actually here in December. Do you remember? We prayed for them here when they came down to Durban. This is their report. Let's go. can't believe it's five months since we landed here. Hello, Every Nation family. Greetings from the Moodleys in Winnipeg, Canada. can't believe it's five months since we landed here. Um, we've just come out of school holidays, so the kids have been home for nine weeks, and we all survived. The leaves are falling, and the weather is changing. We can feel the cold. In many ways, it's, it's autumn. We call it fall here, but for us, we feel like it's springtime. Yes, the ministry's been going really well. We've had some amazing open doors come up for us in ministry, and working with different churches in the city has given us a, a good feel for the culture and the way church is done in, in Winnipeg. So the family and I have been really enjoying this time, getting to know some people, making some friends. We've also had some amazing times with just having uh, some friendships blossom over the last few months. The last few weeks we've had a few new things happen within the ministry, and we started our first small group yesterday. Uh, our connect group's running we've, with uh, two other couples joining us, and we've had fun just getting to know them over the last few uh, months. We've also had our first vision tea last Saturday, and we have now 12 people joining our our team to, to uh, set up the new church plant. We've got seven kids as well, and a new baby coming on the way. Thank you, family, for your prayer, for your support, your prophetic words, your encouragement. We appreciate each one of you. We love you guys. We really, really are grateful for your prayer and your support. Hope to see you guys in the World Conference next year sometime. God bless you. Take care. Bye. Okay. So now I have a PowerPoint for Canada, all right? Um, And we're going to pray for the Moodleys this morning and their family. Um, So let's pray. Yeah, so that's their first Connect group. Their first vision tea, the five-person Moodley church planting team, has increased to 12 adults and seven children with our first newborn on the way in a few weeks. (laughs) 
I want you to see that's labor, people. That is exactly what we read about. That's like going out and compelling people and multiplying the work of the Lord. So let's pray for Canada. In your groups, uh, go for it. All right? Let's pray for them. Pray for workers. Pray for breakthrough. Pray for more leaders. Pray for evangelism. Pray for souls to be saved. Let's go. Let's pray. One, two, let's, uh, let's wrap up Canada prayers. Father, we thank you for the Moodleys. Thank you that you're going to bless them and increase them in that land. We're expectant, Dad, for a huge harvest of Canadians. Amen. Next little video clip I have is from an amazing couple, which I had the privilege of meeting a couple months ago. They're from Zimbabwe, or the Zimbos. And they are now planting a church in Swaziland. And this is Tendai and Carol, and they sent us this video. They sent us this video, okay? This is... Greetings to you, family and friends. Thank you so much for the support. We're finally moving to Swaziland with our girls. All backpacked, and we are all excited. A lot has happened in the recent past just to confirm that God has indeed called us to the nation of Swaziland. We were involved in 2017 at the University of Swaziland uh, with missions, evangelism, outreaches, and also running connect groups. And in April this year, we went through assessment center, which gave us a go-ahead to lead the church plant in Swaziland. In June, we successfully registered every nation church Swaziland. Now, we could not have come this far without your support. But as much as this recent past is exciting, we believe the best is yet to come as we will be full-time resident on, on the ground in Swaziland. Hence, we are calling for just two prayer points we need from you. Please pray with us as we lead our girls into God's purposes for our lives. And secondly, we're asking you to pray for God to send laborers in the nation of Swaziland. The harvest is truly plenteous. May God send laborers in the nation of Swaziland. Thank you for your prayers and support. God bless. Bye! <laughs> now you know why the camera was going all over the place. We kind of... Uh, so, just a point to note about the last two families that we saw... These people are doing this with small children. Ordinarily, you would just say, you know what, Lord, let my kids get older, and then I'll do this. They're moving schools. They're moving everything. They like, No excuses. No excuses. Eh? This, this is exactly what we do. So they ask for two things. Pray for laborers and pray for their children, okay, as a family. Pause. We're not going to pray for them. I want to show you Grahamstown as well this morning. Um, if you wouldn't mind just going to the next slide. So this is our church in Grahamstown. They recently had the great opportunity of buying an old church building. Now, this for like two million rand, guys. This is a church mainly made up of students, all right? So they bought this old church building. It's on High Street, all right, if you know any old rodents here this morning. And, um, and they've been fixing it up and renovating it. And today is the day that they move into the venue. They're having their first service today. Isn't that awesome? Take a look at the next slide. That's the church finish. Yeah? So, okay. So what I want to do this morning is I want two of you in the group to pray for Swaziland, for the children, all right, and, and for laborers. 
and then somebody in the group to pray for Grahamstown, uh, for this new venue, and they're still trying to raise more funds and stuff like that. So, so let's pray that they would have an amazing service and that many will come, and let's pray for Swaziland as well. Go for it. Come on. Change nations. Let's do this thing. <clears throat> All right, let's wrap. Let's wrap over there. Come on, you guys are changing nations right now. Hey, isn't this cool? This is so cool, man. Um, so, so we talk about prayer and giving and going. All right. What about us as Durban? What is our What is our next? Uh, many of you know that we did Malawi uh, a couple of years ago. We we said, give us a nation. We took a nation. And we did Malawi, and we did three mission trips to Malawi. We raised funds for Malawi. We gave. We we goed, <laughs> and uh, we prayed. And now there are from that church there are now twelve churches in Malawi. Isn't that amazing? Well done, Durban. Twelve. Twelve churches planted around Blantyre from just us being a catalyst. Uh, and empowering. We're still sowing money there every month into that thing to make sure that thing keeps going, okay? Isn't that awesome? All right, so your tithe, your offering is going to Malawi to do that. Our next, what is our next, all right? Here it is, drum roll. Yeah, okay. So, Subs and Nintendo, all right, are are called to go and plant a church in Mtata, and uh, they've currently been going through schools and all sorts of things and preparations. We're looking at planting in 2020, all right, which means from now, between, between now and then, we're giving, we're praying, and we're going to do some scout missions as well, okay? Yeah. So we're going to give you guys the opportunity to actually go, because you mustn't just look at this and go, I'm, I'm the prayer, or I'm just the giver. We need to be all three, Amen? So we're there, we need to pray, and some, we need to give, and, and also let's have faith that we will also go and put our feet in some of these nations. Amen? Yeah. So, so that is our next, all right? And we go, we'll keep you updated on, on what you know, we're going to do around that. But how you can give. When you give your tithes and offerings, okay, that's awesome. Keep them as your tithes and offering. We have another fund called a missions fund. If you put money into our bank account and you reference it missions... It will go towards Mtata, it will go towards Malawi, and every other mission that we, or outreach or whatever that we're sowing into, okay? So you all know how to give, all right? I would encourage you to do this, is that with your tithe and your offering, that's between you and the Lord, it's your honoring, the first tenth between Him, but then with your, with your offering, have two outlets. Have a compassion outlet and have a missions outlet. Compassion is like, we know the heart of God, and we know missions is the heart of God. It's like the two, they two are like railroads that a train drives on. The train runs on those two, missions and compassion. And so above your tithe and offering, look at how you can maybe put a hundred rand aside every month to both of those, or a thousand rand a month for each, or, and have faith that eventually you'll be able to sow another tithe just on those two funds, okay? So I want to encourage you... Uh, have the faith for that, 
But what's your, what's your tithe and offering? Leave that as that. But use reference on the bank account. Say compassion or say missions, and then we will make sure the money goes towards those things. Okay? And the reason why we do this is because we're better together. We can, you, you can take your 100 rand and you can do something good with it, or you can put it with my 100 rand and Pumlani's 100 rand and Claire's 100 rand and Nano's 100 rand, and we put all these together and we can do a lot more. Okay? That's really how we're going to reach nations is when we all come together, we all contribute, and then we're going to be able to do it. So our, our prayer is that when we start on Tata, we're going to start with a rented venue or a purchased venue. We're going to have sound equipment for them. We're going to be able to buy banners. We're going to be able to advertise in the city. We're going to be, when we come, we come. Yeah? Yeah, we come. Okay? So we're going to build capacity now over the next two years. We're building capacity, which means we're going to be praying. We're going to be praying for subs and tundo. We're going to be giving. We're going to, and then we're going to start doing some going. We're going to start sending some missions. Okay? So look out for that. And um, I, had a, I had a way I wanted to end this word. I'm finished. Okay? <laughs> Just in case you think there is more. Um, that's it. That is it, this one. Okay, that really is it. <laughs> um, so, heads up, Mtata's on the way. Okay. Um, yeah, come on. <laughs>